don't settle. Pay attention to your standards and what you will settle for. And this is very important. If you're in a coffee shop and you get a cup of coffee and the coffee's not very warm, do you go, oh, well, you know, it's lukewarm, but I don't want to cause a ruckus. I'm just going to drink it. And yeah, that's lowering your standards. It's not offensive to turn around and go, excuse me, I'm sorry. The coffee's actually a little bit lukewarm. What you will settle for goes higher and higher and higher and higher. And people will want to align themselves with that. If you challenge yourself to adapt and edit to make the best of that situation by raising the demand of what you want from it. Microphone check, one, two, what is this? You're now listening to a brand new episode of the Play Big Faster podcast. Look what you done started. Let's go. Welcome to another episode of the Play Big Faster podcast. We're joined today by Steve Sims. Steve is actually a coach for aggravated entrepreneurs. Now, this is a new term. You've heard solopreneurs, mompreneurs. There are so many different types of business owners and operators, but this is the first coach for aggravated entrepreneurs. Steve, tell us what that is and how you help them with their problems. Well, first... (laughs) Well, pleasure to be here. Thanks a lot for having me. I like I like the term aggravated entrepreneurs because if anyone delves into my background, they'll see that I've been working with some of the richest, most powerful people in the planet. And I did that purely and simply because I didn't have the education I wanted at school. I needed to get it when I left school. And so I just had to find a way to get into that sandpit. And I noticed that there was a commonality, whether or not I was dealing with a billionaire in Korea or a tech giant in Silicon Valley, that they all had this curiosity and they were aggravated to cure that. So it's that aggravation that causes you to do something. You see it on the sofa, you see a, a you know a stripe on the wall or, or a mark or a blotch, and you can sit there and go, oh, I hate that blotch, or it will aggravate you enough to do something about it. And so I work with those aggravated, curious entrepreneurs that don't want to settle. They aren't satisfied with their life. Now, that doesn't mean... They're not wealthy. It doesn't mean that they haven't just started that business. It means that they want and demand more of where they are, regardless of where they are in the monetary climate. So that's my target market. Aggravated entrepreneurs that want more and demand more of themselves. So when we talk about more, what problem do you help them solve? Do you know, funny enough, and I had this this morning on a coaching call. The first one is we help them we help them re- reframe their standards. We're in a world today where we're actually scared to have a conversation. We're very concerned about the cancel culture. We're very concerned about our competition out doing us. So we want to stand out. But the first thing we do by standing out is fit in. And we weren't <laughs> meant to. So it's kind of stupid to do that. So what I want to address is those in your circle may not be the best ones that are going to help you get where you need to be. So I have you address your standards. Who are the people around you? When you're at a coffee shop and you go, hey, John, Bobby, Mary, I've had this idea and I'm going to start a podcast and then I'm going to start a brand and I'm going to release merchandise. I'm going if, you're, if that table starts looking at you like you are nuts, it's the wrong table to be at. If you're at that table and they turn around and they go, hey, hey, I hear you, but how are you going to do this? And they start questioning and they start prodding and they start challenging. That's the table you need to be at. So are you settling on your standards of what you can achieve based on your environment 
which leads me to believe you're in the wrong environment. So I educate people on how to refine, redefine, and establish their standards, which is always a growing benchmark, and then go out and be able to saturate yourself with those people that are actually going to challenge you and not be cheerleaders. We don't want cheerleaders going, oh, you can be great, you're wonderful. We don't need that. That doesn't help anybody. We need people to poke and prod and go, okay, I hear what you're saying, but how are you going? They're challenging you to refine and sharpen your sword before you go into battle. Those, is, those are the people you need in your corner. I love that. You are definitely reading somebody's mail. Somebody <laughs> felt that. Definitely felt that. How long have you been in this space? Oh, truth. In one way or another, since life, I started as a, I was born in East End, East End, London, you know, weren't quite as bougie and lofty and pretty as it is now. Pretty rough area of the planet, like a lot of, lot of these kind of places. And I went to work for my dad's bricklaying firm. So I class myself now as an educated man, but that didn't come from school because I was kicked out at the age of 15. They didn't even let me finish my last year. But I had this aggravation. How come I can get up at four o'clock in the morning work all day on a building site, get cut, bruised, rained on, cold, damp, come home at eight o'clock in the morning, then go back and do it again. So I knew how to work hard, but how come there were people out there in a nice car, a nice suit, a nice environment? Of course, the grass always looks greener. So I went out of my way to try and saturate myself with people that were doing things and living the life I wanted. Now, I'll be honest with you, there was a real rub at the beginning because For any of you that aren't fortunate enough to see me, I'm 245 pound of biker ugly. It's as simple as that. So when I'm trying to get into a conversation with you at a wine bar and I'm going, Oi, mate, how did you do this? I had to learn how to communicate. I learned how to deliver a question. And a friend of mine, Jay Abraham, always says, if you want a fantastic answer, ask a fantastic question. So I learned this because my curiosity was one thing but my aggravation to propel me towards the answer was another. Now, if I could get you to help me with one thing, that would benefit me. So I left the building trade. I tried loads of jobs that didn't work for me, ended up being a doorman of a right shady nightclub in Hong Kong. And it gave me a a doctorate, a PhD, an MBA, whatever you want to call it, of human psychology. Because I'm on the door of a nightclub, suddenly seeing how people with money acted, how people with no money but pretended they had money, acted. Those people that were there to start trouble, those people there celebrating a job, a, a new relationship, first date, it was it was a masterclass in human psychology. And from there, I started to, to communicate with the people I wanted to. And because I was a doorman, I knew where all the nightclubs were. And so I was like, hey, let me look after you for your Thursday night fun. Go up here, see Bob. And all of a sudden, before Google came around, I was the guy you spoke to to find out where the best nightlife was. And it went from nightlife to getting you into parties, premieres. I ended up launching the world's leading experiential concierge firm for billionaires and millionaires. And it was hugely successful. In fact, Forbes wrote an article on me called The Real Real Life Wizard of Oz. Uh, And it did well. But do understand, I didn't want to start that business I wanted to start a conversation with wealthy people to find out how they did business. And once I got a lot of that information, I thought, well, okay, can I replicate the information they're giving me and get the same success? And then more importantly, can I take you on as a client and give it to you and you? 
And I learned that there's so many basic steps that are being ignored. I'll give you an example. We all know to get slimmer and fitter, we should be down at the gym. But if exactly. you say, yeah, exactly. That's not rocket science, is it? And that's nothing new to this show. But if I said to you, I had a tablet that would charge you $5,000 and you wouldn't have to go to the gym. How many people would be trying to buy that tablet rather than doing the hard work? We're in a society where we're trying to buy away our pain. We're trying to find a way to avoid actually doing the work. I want this, but I don't want to put the front end in. And so if you just stick to the basics, the reaction of those basics will be health and fitness, mindset, wealth, relationships, communications. But I'm all about doing the basics, doing the absolute simplest thing for the maximum impact. Let's start with some of these conversations. You mentioned if you want a great answer, ask a great question. <laughs> for someone who is not a skilled communicator, what are some of these questions? What do they look like? Well, you want to see it. And the funny thing is, I get paid, and this will make you laugh straight off the bat. It makes my wife laugh. I get paid 35 to 55 grand to speak on stages all over the world on the power of communication. When you consider that I was a bricklayer from East London, that's an hysterical thing. My wife still finds it funny. But I learned the ability to ask a good question by simply asking a ton of bad ones. You see, as entrepreneurs, we don't fail. We just get educated on what didn't work. And I remember one day, and this absolute true story, came out of a pub. It was like 8 o'clock at night, and I'd run out of money, which was pretty much most nights because I was broke and poor. And this guy pulled in. I'll never forget this. I had two other buddies of mine. We were all on motorcycles. So I'm still doing a leather jacket with a crash helmet, trying to get my damn bike to start. And this guy pulls in in a new car, gets out of this car, gets his jacket out. And it was like something out of like Miami Vice. And it was in slow motion. He puts on this jacket. And then this beautiful lady gets out of the passenger seat. Now, I hadn't met my wife at that time. And I'm thinking, this guy's got everything. Look at it. It's in slow motion. I expected there to be some kind of Hollywood music being played on. And something inside me was like, how come that guy has it and I don't? True story, I went running at him with my crash helmet in hand, and I just wanted to speak to him. And I went running at him, and I went, hey, hey, fella, how come you're so successful and I'm not? And it wasn't to be violent. It wasn't to be threatening. I wanted to know, what do you do? You know, what, what's going on in your life that's helping you have this car, this lifestyle, that jacket? You have never seen anyone get in a car and drive off so fast in your life. The guy was terrified. And I was depressed because I never got the answer. And so I turned around and one of my friends, again, true story, was laid on the floor because he was crying so much that he was on the floor out of laughter. And I'm like, what's wrong with you? And he's like, do you see what you look like when you go running at that guy? And I realized that it wasn't the problem with my question. It was the problem with my delivery. So I had to work on it. And I've been able to go up to people like Elon Musk, Elton John, Jeff Bezos and go, hey, why are you so successful and so many people are not? What's the one thing you would attribute it to? And of course, as you see, I've delivered it differently now. And it's slower. But to ask a good question, first get ready to ask a million bad ones. Does it matter how many bad ones you ask? Absolutely not. 
am I am I asking perfect questions now? No. I think I'm still constantly working on it. And here's the thing that people don't realize. Communication is a muscle. COVID killed it. Social platforms killed it. The gotcha society, the cancel card, everything's trying to get you to stop communicating. And when you don't communicate, you go backwards. As human beings, all we want to do, all we want to do is connect with another like-minded individual. So understand communication is a skill set. It is a muscle. Get it wrong to get it good. So tell me more about Go For Stupid. When I saw the title, I was tickled to say the least. But I'm going to let you introduce it to the audience and tell us exactly what the concept is and what you do with it. Well, I can tell you for a start, you can get it free at goforstupid.com. There's no, there's no hooks. We literally just recorded it on video and I read it. And then we ended up with this video and we thought, what should we do with it? So we went, there you go, give it away for free. So goforstupid.com, play it in the background while you're doing your work. But I, in my concierge days, and now in my coaching days, people will come to me and they'll go, hey, I want to do this. And all of the people that do amazing things don't have normal aspirations. I want to go into space. I want to build electric cars. I want a sustainable economy. I want this. I want the world to have all the information at its fingertips. These are massive, audacious goals. So when people come to me and they go, hey, I want to make an extra $100,000 next year, I go, well, hang on. Why don't we make that goal stupid? Why don't we make it a million dollars? Now, let me play with you for a second, if you don't mind. If I say to you, you know, what goal are you trying to achieve? And you tell me what your goal is. And I go, okay, let's break that through that impossible goal. Let's make the impossible possible. We're going to make impossible. I'm possible. Let's do it. When you say the word impossible, two things happen. One, you've already given it value. You've already accredited. You can easily turn around and go, oh, what was I thinking? I, I, we didn't say it's impossible. You know, <laughs> you've already given yourself that excuse, haven't you? That cop out. Secondly, how gritty was I? You know, just go, you know, it's all very ferocious and fierce. When you try to break through the impossible, and to, to, to make it possible, there's too much kind of like fierceness and resistance and grit. And when you're too constricted, things break. But now let's try something else. You tell me your goal, and I turn around and go, is that big enough? Let's have some fun with it. Let's go for stupid. What is the stupidest thing you can think of that you can add to that goal? Now, when I start doing that, your face lights up a little bit more. Why? Because you've become a seven-year-old. You want to play with this. And when you play with it, all of your creative juices start flowing. You become a child that doesn't see any parameters. You don't see anyone's negativity. You don't see anyone's doubt. You become a childlike existence that plays with this idea. And guess what? You want $100,000, and I've just said, let's go for a million. And I'm pretty much going to be sure you're going to fail. But you're going to fail at 500000 which is 500 times what your original goal was. Every time I've ever done anything, whether it be in my concierge days, bear in mind, I've worked with the Pope, Elon Musk, Peter Diamandis. I've done some amazing things. I've closed down museums in Florence. 
for a table of six, a defeat of Michelangelo's David at nine o'clock at night, and then for shits and giggles, got Andre Bocelli to come in and serenade him during their pasta. All because I thought and dreamt bigger. And now I take that into people's lives. Stop being held back by other people's doubts and parameters. Engage fun, gamify what you're doing, and you can't lose. You've also got no excuse, and you will fail repeatedly, but to a higher degree than you first was trying to achieve. That's where the whole thing came from. With your coaching program, what does it look like to work with you? What sort of time commitment do you usually have for your coaching programs? Well, I have a private coaching program that they usually get me for an hour a week, one-on-one. I will say to some people that may be expensive because it's around about three grand a month. But I love doing group at Sims Distillery because two things happen in my group. Not only A, do you still get me? But B, we increase your circle of people that you can lean on. And isn't that what we need? Don't You know, me and you, we could walk into a situation and we could fight. And I'm getting the idea by your eyes that you you could win. You could swing hard, okay? Well, yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah. You could win a few battles, I'm sure. But, you know, together we could win a war. So the thing I like is to actually increase people's circle by actually growing it. So you can get me one-on-one, one-on-one coaching, where I will challenge, I will push, I will make you uncomfortable, or you can join simsdistillery.com and you will enhance your family and still get me prodding you. So I want to get people comfortable with being uncomfortable. I want people to see recession, distraction, distortion as a benefit. You know, they always say that rough seas make great sailors. We know the world is constantly changing. Politics, COVID, lies, fake news, new technology. AI hasn't even taken a full grasp yet of what it's going to do to to people's jobs and people's mindset. And we can take advantage of all of that. But I think part of it has to be the mindset of acceptance. Let me give you a little example to put it into a metaphor. Let's say for argument's sake, you're out shopping this Saturday, okay? And you're walking, you park your car and you're walking over to Bloomingdale's and, you know, you're walking past all of these cars or maybe you're at a car dealership buying a car and you see this green car and it's like this mushy pea, weird colored green car. And in your head, you're like, I have not seen that color car before. You know, you've never seen it before. And there it is. You don't like it. You don't want it, but you see it. And you walk in the shop, come out of the shop, you get in your car and you drive home. Now, when you're driving home, what's the only color car you can see on the road? That mushy colored car. Yeah, because our mind has been opened to that. And then all of a sudden you go, oh, it's not as uncommon as I thought. It's everywhere. Okay. Well, that's how entrepreneurs are like with opportunity. When we only see negativity because that's all we consume, what's the only thing we see? Doom, gloom, negativity, and we turn on the news, and hey, that helps us with that negativity. When we surround ourselves with positivity and opportunity, like listening to these kind of podcasts, then what's the only thing your day sees? Opportunity and podcasts. Positivity. Your head is saturating the bucket that you stick it into. You stick it into a bucket of negativity, it's going to consume that. Stick it into a bucket of positivity, you're positive forever because that's the only thing it's soaked in. Now, Steve, I'm loving all this, but I think also... (laughs) 
you ever decide to go back to being a concierge, I do have a couple of spots I want to gain access to. So I need to put you on my short list for that. Okay, then. All right. Now, if you had one piece of advice to give to an entrepreneur on how to play big faster, what Mm -hmm. would it be? Don't settle. The first thing you've got to do is they always say, you know, pay attention to the cents and the dollars that look after themselves. Pay attention to your standards and what you will settle for. And this is very important. If you're in a coffee shop and you get a cup of coffee and the coffee's not very warm, do you go, oh, well, you know, it's lukewarm, but I don't want to cause a ruckus. I'm just going to drink it. And yeah, that's lowering your standards. It's not offensive to turn around and go, excuse me, I'm sorry. The coffee's actually a little bit lukewarm. Do you mind if you wait until I have a fresh one, please? You know, you could be polite about it, but you've just established your standards into a line in the sand. And your standards will always grow and grow. What you will settle for goes higher and higher and higher and higher. And people will want to align themselves with that. If you get a bad McDonald's, if you get a bad cup of coffee, if you can't get a good parking space, if someone's not being nice to you, if you don't understand the conversation you're in, challenge yourself to adapt and edit to make the best of that situation by raising the demand of what you want from it. Now, if you're willing to pick someone else up on because they gave you a bad cup of coffee, when you're delivering something, you're going to make sure what you delivered is going to be to the standards of what you accepted that cup of coffee for. If you accept a shitty cup of coffee, then you're going to be okay with delivering a shitty standard of service. But if you expect good standards on everything, you will deliver high standards and people will feel it. Well, Steve, tell us the best way to contact you if we want to work with you or just have any other questions or do you have an offer that you'd like to share with the group? Well, I I think I probably already gave it away. Goforstupid.com. You can get my book for free of charge. You haven't got to buy it. It's there on video. Take it, utilize it, and do what you can with it. If you want to send me a message, I'm probably most vocal through Instagram, Steve D. Sims. Don't forget D for dashing, and there's only one M in Sims. Steve D. Sims. My website is stevedsims.com, and I'm everywhere on social under Steve D. Sims. But if you do reach out to me, tell me you heard about me on this fine podcast. Well, thank you so much. And definitely, you're invited to come back anytime. Well, thank you very much. And until next time, everyone, play big faster. Thanks for listening to this episode. And remember to play big faster. 